Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> The Hawk and Readers Club has spoken. Our June book of the month is The Outsider by Stephen King. You can read along with us and you can join with our live Q&As as well as caption contests, dad joke contests, or just general pitter-patter with the rest of the cool people over at our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. We'd love to see you there and we'd like to give you a big kiss on the Facebook group. Today's episode is The Boy in the Penguin Costume. Written by Michael David Wilson and narrated by Josh Curran. Talk to anyone who's had a near-death experience and chances are they saw something before the lights went out. I've had all sorts. Ghosts of loved ones, beautiful gardens, bright celestial lights, even the Grim Reaper himself. For me, it was a boy in a penguin costume. And it wasn't one of those cheap ones. Expensive, black and white fabric, bright yellow webbed feet, and a black top hat with a red band that drew me in. When I regained consciousness, I didn't recall the boy. Just the colours of the pub hazing, my heart racing, chest aching, and the smell of whiskey.
It wasn't until the following week, when he knocked on my door, that I remembered the boy. And even then, it was only when he put on the majestic top hat that everything clicked. I looked down at the kid, hat in one hand, orange Sainsbury's carrier in the other. It was raining, the kid in his costume soaked through. Yes? I called my wife, who was upstairs with Lady the cat, reading a Murakami paperback. Mandy, there's a boy in a penguin costume at the door, and he's not saying anything. Invite him in, then. Really? With all that rain, he'll catch a cold. She came downstairs, peered over at the boy. Goodness, he can't be more than six. Come in, sweetie. Wait, you can't just let a kid into your house these days. Of course you can. Look at the poor kitten. He's sopping wet. Mandy left for the kitchen. I stepped aside. Come on, then. I took the boy into the lounge. Soft jazz played. A paperback on mindfulness for anger management lay open on the sofa. I was halfway through a chapter on objects to keep calm and grounded. I put the book on the coffee table. Nice costume. The Penguin's always been my favourite Batman character. You look a bit like him with that hat. Anyway, what's your story, mate? The boy stood rigid, clutching the Sainsbury's bag. Mandy entered, carrying a glass of water, which she passed to the boy. He loosened his grip on the carrier, let it fall. You can sit down, darling, Mandy said. And he did. He won't talk, I said. I'm not surprised talking in that tone. Look at you from the kitchen. Sounded like an interrogation. Mandy knelt beside the boy. What's your name? The boy drank some water. Do you want me to hang your hat up for you? The boy shook his head. That's okay, sweetie. Mandy turned to me. That's how you talk to a kid. Sounds natural coming from you, but when I try it, it sounds like I'm taking the piss. Mandy frowned. Probably shouldn't have said piss in front of the kid. What do you want, mate? I said, trying for Mandy's manner. Sounded more like I was talking to some geezer down the pub. Darling, we need to know where your mummy and daddy are, so we can let them know you're safe. Mandy said. I looked out of the window, surveying the estate. No sign of them think we'd better call the police. No! The boy screamed. He put on the top hat and it all flooded back. I steadied myself against the wall, made my way towards the kitchen, throat dry, heart rate quickening. Darling, if you don't tell us where your parents are, we'll have to call the police. Mandy's voice was muffled, my ears full of wool. I poured water into a glass sipped it at the breakfast bar. In the adjacent room, the television channel changed from jazz to some children's cartoon. Shortly after, Mandy came in. Richard, are you okay? I saw that kid the other night, down the stars when I collapsed. I didn't think kids were allowed in. They're not, but he was there, staring at me before I passed out. I sipped more of the water. 
What's going on here? I'm not sure, but we need to ring the police. He won't be happy. Boy doesn't say a word the entire time. Then we mention the police and he shouts. What if this is a kind of hostage situation? No police or we'll kill your mother. Lady waltzed in, tail high. Don't look at me like that, man. I know it's a long shot, but these things happen. Suppose he escaped from a nearby house at two in the afternoon. Come on. This is a nice area with nice people. Besides, whenever some criminal tells you not to call the police, you have to call the police. The moment you start playing by their rules, you get involved. Then you're at their beck and call for years. Now who's making leaps? Mandy's shoulders slumped. Let's find out more before we ring, I said. There's a boy in a penguin costume who just showed up. Won't cut it. We returned to the lounge. The orange supermarket bag sat on the sofa. Darling? Mandy called. I looked out of the window but could not see the boy. Mandy rushed upstairs. Outside, I checked the front and back garden, coming up empty. In the lounge, Mandy was sat on the sofa. He's gone, she said. I picked up the carrier. His hat lay inside. He left his hat. Mandy reached for the telephone. We can't call now, I said. The moment he stepped inside, he was in our care. This is negligence. Imagine if a neighbour saw us with him. That's precisely why we should call. Suppose something happens to him and the police ask around. He was on our doorstep a while. If someone says something before us, we'll look guilty. Guilty of what? I dread to think. Depends on whether the kid turns up. In what state? The old man of the mountain. In the end, we rang the police and wound up chatting with two officers. One asked questions, the other took notes. They thanked us for doing the right thing and went on their way. They never followed up or took the hat. That evening, I found myself trying it on. To my surprise, it fit perfectly. Wearing the hat started as a joke around the house and turned into an essential part of my look. Something I can't leave the house without. Mandy said it was in bad taste, but it gave me confidence. It grounded me. Plus, I figured if I always had it with me, I could return it to the boy if I ever saw him again. I'd collected a takeaway from the Raj and was sitting at a red light when I saw the boy again. Some twat in a souped-up Ford came careening around the corner and smashed into the back of my Toyota. I grabbed the heavy steering lock from the passenger side and got out the car, ready to give the driver a piece of my mind. As I approached, I saw the driver with his bleached hair, bad tattoos and oversized sunglasses grinning. I was close to swinging the steering lock into the bastard's windscreen when I remembered I'd left the top hat on the passenger seat. I felt vulnerable, naked. I dropped the steering lock, ran back to the car and put the top hat on. As I turned to the driver, I saw the boy in the penguin costume outside Costa Coffee. I didn't feel like threatening the driver anymore. Didn't even feel like exchanging details. The only thing I wanted was to talk to the boy. So I ran towards him, calling out, holding the hat to my head as the wind tried to steal it. 
By the time I made it to Costa, the boy was inside. Where's the boy in the penguin costume? When no one responded, I added, He's my son. A woman pointed to the toilets, and I raced over, the top hat falling to the ground. The door was locked from the inside. I pounded on it, wishing I had this steering lock to put a hole in the bloody thing, yelling for the boy to open up. A couple of baristas asked me to leave, but I told them this was bigger than that. Bigger than what? The smaller of the two asked, grabbing my arm and holding me back. I flinched, fist clenched, rage building. The other barista passed me the top hat, its weight comforting in my hands. Sir, you need to leave. But that's my son, I said, anger dissipating. We know he isn't your son, now please leave before we call the police. I looked around, all eyes on me. I put the top hat on, straightened my jacket. Just a misunderstanding, I said, just a terrible misunderstanding. When I returned to the car, there was a note under the windscreen wiper, listing the Ford driver's details. I pocketed it and went on my way. By the time I got home, the food was halfway to cold. Mandy was doing yoga, her body contorted into a position that looked uncomfortable and was named after an animal. She came over, kissed my cheek. You took your time. Had a traffic problem. It gets busy at this time, especially near the centre. Someone rammed into the back of me. Oh, darling... I hope you managed to stay calm. I didn't hit anyone. An improvement, I suppose. I saw him again. The boy in the penguin costume. Oh my, what happened? She said, then eyed the hat. You didn't return it. There wasn't time. You gonna take it off? I shook my head. I like the way it feels. I didn't eat that evening. Mandy had some of the Indian, storing the rest in the fridge. I sat on the floor, sketching the boy in the penguin costume over and over. Lady watched. The next day, I met up with my uni friend, Jeff, at Nonsuch Park. Since my near-death experience, we'd grown closer, mostly because he'd almost died too. We walked around the park, shooting the shit before ordering cups of tea at the park cafe... I told Jeff about the boy in the penguin costume, the top hat, and even Costa Coffee. At least the hat's cool, Jeff said. But what if he is your son? Are you on drugs? Done nothing today, but there's probably something in the system. Once had a K-hole for a week, not constantly, kept disappearing and reappearing. Fascinating. Anyway, he's not my son. This guy I went to school with found out he had a daughter because she showed up at his house one day. Could be a similar thing. Not a chance. Say, why'd you steal the boy's hat? I didn't steal it, he left it, so I inherited it. You can't inherit something if he's not dead. Yes, you can. Jeff shook his head. The hat must mean a lot for you to steal it from a kid. Guess the kid's important too, the way you ran after him. But why not return the hat? You sound like Mandy. Some old guy bumped into our table. Hot tea splashed down my shirt, scalding my chest. Mother f- but I stopped, breathed deep, straightened the hat. I'm so sorry, 
the old man said, handing me some paper towels. It's fine. If there's anything I said, it's fine. The man laughed. Jeff exhaled. Thought you were going to smack him. It's only tea. This is very un-you. You see the boy in the penguin costume, wasn't he? I straightened. Why? Did you? Afraid not. Perhaps you don't need him anymore. A few weeks passed, and I found myself with renewed confidence and calm. The anger management and meditation were working. I'd stopped thinking about the boy in the penguin costume, and had landed a job interview with a PR agency. Mandy and I were celebrating at a steakhouse. I eyed the bourbons, but thought better of it. Mandy pointed her phone at me. For Instagram? I posed. Aren't you going to take the hat off? No reason I should. You have a handsome face and a full head of hair. Besides, the hat's... But she didn't finish. The ribeye hadn't long arrived when the trouble started. I knifed into its seared marble, savouring its rich flavour. Mandy tucked into country fried chicken. A couple stood at the bar, a dude with slicked back hair and a leather jacket, a woman with a blonde bob and a red crop top. Hushed voices at first, then raised between the barman and the couple. The woman pulled out a gun, shot it in the air and shouted, Get down on the fucking ground! The barman nearly shit himself. The patrons, Mandy included, flocked to the ground, cowering under the tables and chairs. The dude was listing off demands I couldn't properly hear. I'd worked damn hard for that rabbi, paid good money too. The least I could do was finish my mouthful. You deaf horse and then get on the fucking ground! The woman's gun pointed at my face. The dude moved nearer. The barman scrambled on the floor, reaching for something, a phone or a, an emergency button. I glanced at Mandy, who was giving me evils. I finished chewing. Stood up, feeling extra confident in the top hat, I said, Let's all relax. You're not gonna shoot me. I hadn't finished the sentence when the first bullet hit. It was on the floor when the second skimmed my ear. As I drifted in and out of consciousness, the steakhouse and everything else receded into the background as the boy in the penguin costume came into focus, looking in at the window. I held the top hat tightly to my head. It kept me calm, kept me grounded. I concentrated on the texture of the hat underneath my fingers, then on my breath, then the sirens. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Boy in the Penguin Costume was written by Michael David Wilson, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Mayu and Sam Robson. Michael David Wilson is a professional writer, editor, podcaster and the founder of thisishorror.co.uk. His forthcoming novella, The Girl in the Video, will be published later this year by Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. You can connect with Michael at www.michaeldavidwilson.co.uk or at WilsonTheWriter on Twitter. Once again, lastly, I'd just like to say that the Hawk and Readers Book Club has spoken. Our June book of the month is The Outsider by Stephen King, so if you want to get in on the fun, you better get reading now. 
You can read along with us and join in with us on our live Q&As as well as join in with caption contests and dad joke contests or you know, join in with general pitter-patter with the rest of the cool people over at our Facebook group. That's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. And we look forward to you there to give you a big welcome, a big hug and a mighty big kiss on the Facebook group. Until next time. 